two, one. Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of Big Boss Battles, Big Boss Babble. With me, as always, is Dan. Hello. And back from a long hiatus. Oh my god, it's me! It's George! <laughs> the only American on the show! <laughs> hey guys! <laughs> it's good to have you back, George. Yay! So. It's Christmas sucks! <laughs> Yes, I imagine it, it's in certain places, in certain jobs and things it does. It really can do, yeah. <laughs> Freaking hate Santa. <laughs> it's good to be back, though. <laughs> that fat, bearded bastard. <laughs> Kick his ass off my roof. I think fat, bearded bastard covers about three quarters of the team, doesn't it? Uh, potentially, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, after, after, you know, that self-deprecating humour there, uh, we'll we'll move on to the main topic of today's podcast, which is, I mean, this has come about due to uh, Microsoft's recent revelation over their uh, Game Pass, in as much as their brand new AAA games are going to be going straight onto Game Pass. For those unaware, uh, Game Pass is uh, what some people are calling the the Netflix of games for the Xbox console, in as much as you can use for a monthly payment. You can download literally as many games as you want and play them as much as you want, like a subscription sort of service. Yeah. Works like as I said there, you download it, so it works slightly different to what the PlayStation Now service does. Um, but yeah, so Microsoft has now said that all of their brand new games will be on uh, Game Pass from day one, and uh, at least one what? one uh, particular Austrian retailer has responded by dropping Xbox completely from their lineup. Wait, they said that. Wait, wait they said they're going to have every new game. It's on the yep. service. Is that in- internal games? Is that? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've said internal games. I'm, first I'm, party. Because I'm, yeah. I'm guessing it's. Oh. I'm guessing uh, it will be up to a third party's. You know what what they say. So it'll be. You know, if the third party doesn't want to be on it, it won't be on it. But, but yeah, so all of Microsoft's big games, the next Halo, the next Gears, the next whatever that's, is going to be on this service day one. That's wow. That's an impressive way to drive uh, yeah. adoption rates for it that's a very impressive way because everybody who hears this who does enjoy halo uh will obviously just straight up go for this rather than spending rather than you know having somebody spend 40 quid on a physical copy why not adopt it via this method what was it it's about eight quid eight quid a pop yeah eight quid a month yeah so yeah um, plus everything else that comes with it yeah uh, oh, and, and plus, you you I also mean, don't need Xbox Live Gold to get Game Pass. Really? So no. you, you've already you st- saved 40 quid a year? Well, you still oh. need it if you want to play online with the games, but sure. to get the games in the first place, you do not need gold. So they think they can make more money by subscriptions than physically sell- selling their games. That's kind of ballsy. Well, like, you've got, what yeah. you've got to think of is that in many ways they probably will. Because if even if a person just goes, oh, Halo's on the service, I, I can't, I don't, I don't want to go down the shop and buy it. They get Halo, but if they want to continue playing that, they have to continue paying for the service. So potentially, if they want to keep playing that game for three years, you're going to get a couple of hundred for one game. That's true. It's true, huh? So 
people only have so much time to play the games. So yeah. even if you get a particularly, uh, I suppose, hardcore, uh, to lean on an old term, a particularly hardcore group of players, the maximum amount of time they're going to play a game or any one game on the service or whatever is still going to equal the max of people who only played the one game over that same period of time. They're just uh, removing the amount of baskets that players can put their eggs in, I suppose, by yeah. just saying, play what you like. And think about this, something well, like Halo, people are going to be playing that online for ages until the next Halo game comes out. And that'll it's, be on it's the It's an evergreen game, exactly. And Gears of War's got a massive multiplayer thing now. It's those games that are really going to chalk, chalk up the cash for Microsoft in the long run. Those multiplayer games that people are going to play for months and months and months. So all of a sudden the Xbox becomes a console that you buy once until they you know, make it into some program you can download or some TV app. And then instead you pay, uh, let's say, what is it, 40 quid a year for that, 8 quid for that, so what, you know, 12 quid a month? And you have all yeah. of the games that are on the Xbox Pass that you can play online. Hmm. Yeah, I can see why they called it Netflix, or compared it to Netflix. Well, I mean, I don't know exactly. I'll take um, the, the the devil's advocate side of this. <laughs> this is all going. This is all going to depend on parents. I think um, they really need to advertise this in a very specific way, because otherwise. I think it could, if, well, it sounds cool and I'm definitely for it. And I'm definitely for, for digitizing things. I think retail stores are total crap. Um, because they do a lot of shady stuff, but that's beyond the point. Hey. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea, but I think it's going to really depend on the parents and if they can sell this to the every man. Um, because if they don't, then it's just going to end up some sort of like a niche service that gets kind of like PlayStation now because. PlayStation Now is just, it's cool, but it's too expensive, and it really depends on how they sell this. It really does. I agree. I think this is World of Warcraft all over again. So, World of Warcraft, obviously, uh, people of all ages are playing that, but children, or younger adults, or however you want to phrase it, people who didn't have their own credit or debit card and regular income, had to convince their parents that this was worthwhile, that you know, the 19 or 20 quid or whatever it was for 60 days, you know, wasn't going to, you know, was a, was money well spent. Right. And, you know, there, there's a, in my opinion, at least, I mean, there's a lot of um, subscriber services now. It's kind of getting tiresome. There's like everybody, CBS All Access, Netflix and Amazon Prime. And there's so many subscriber services. I think people are starting to get maybe possibly exhausted with these types of things so i don't know part of me says obviously this is probably gonna be successful i hope it's successful because i think it's great but there's also a chance for this to kind of fall flat on its face oh yeah certainly uh i mean the main the main point that i was going to make is what you said about about the parents there right so it's eight quid a month yeah that's going to equate to basically say you know like you're saying a parent and a kid if that if that kid gets one game for his birthday and one game for Christmas, paying for this service for a whole year is still cheaper. Yeah, yeah, even if they're launching at 40 quid. 
Yeah. One one game for Christmas, one game, or oh, sorry, not if they're launching for 40 quid, because that's obviously 80 quid. But so even there's for, not much in it. Yeah, so, in it so even for a parent's point of view, they're going, right, okay, so I'd normally get in one game for Christmas, one game for New Year, or one game for a birthday, sorry. Cod and fever. But if I, but if I pay this, he gets all the games. It, it it doesn't seem to be that much of a hard sell to me if... You know, even if, I, I am a parent. I'd probably rather play that, and then them let him have all the games that they want. If they can sell the subscription in year form, then yeah, possibly. From what I know from working in retail for, gosh, yeah. I think that was over a decade. Then yeah, if they can sell <laughs> that in a year's form, in a nice box, then sure, that that work just fine. I mean, that's that's the reason why it worked with Xbox Live. I think. If they were smart, they would combine it with, gold, with Xbox Gold and just make it some sort of flat like fee between the both of them, yeah. you know. So that way, there's kind of a bargain for having that one subscription. I don't know. It just I think people are going to get confused because I know this happened all the time. PlayStation people get confused between PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now yep. all the time. And then they get pissed out, pissed off when they find out they have both. <laughs> Microsoft used to call when you didn't have gold a silver account, which obviously makes sense because nobody wants to be second place. But at the same time, there were a large group of people who would come in and go, well, you know, you don't have to have the best. You don't have to have a gold. You can have silver, can't you? Not realizing that, you know, all Microsoft had done was literally say, yeah, there's a whole bunch of features, we call it gold. Oh, by the way, we're just calling not having that silver. So, yeah. <laughs> right, so, yeah. that's a thing as well. But, I mean, the the real... Uh, the, the reason this subject kind of came up, or I suppose the big point in this subject, is the Austrian store no longer stocking anything Microsoft because they think that this big shift to digital has kind of been yet another large now hammered into retail's coffin which they're not wrong it is so i mean digital the digital shift has been going on for probably the best bit of a decade now feels like ages i would say 2000 it? it, it depends what you're talking about the console digital shift yeah the pc one's done yeah, that's over with. You don't buy physical PC games anymore. Simple as. It's done. I don't well, think they produce, <laughs> produce them very often anymore. I mean, how many PC games that can you actually get a physical copy of? Quite. quite and I'm few. talking about outside of things like limited run games. Quite a few, but you have to look to niches. So obviously, we cover a lot of war gaming titles on the site, and Sliverine, uh, Matrix, Aged, who are all owned by Sliverine. Uh, on their site, you can buy a physical copy, and you okay, can right, you right. can actually have their kind of like four hundred, five hundred page manuals printed out in the old manual style yeah. from back when boxes okay, used to be. Okay, so I'll I'll reiterate my point then. It's niche. You don't yeah. buy PC games at retail. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I, you do still see PC games in retail, but all you see are the cheap, uh, like find item games. And you know the really bottom of the barrel stuff. You don't, you know, Triple hey, has gone from retail now, mate. I don't like that much. <laughs> hidden, ob- hidden object games are brilliant. They are the <laughs> they are the eighties action movies of video games. And oh, what they're so bad they're good. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, I, 
I love them. I, I I get so little time to play them now, but you know, I, I, oh, there's so many good ones, and they've just got stories like, yeah, we're all turned to like fish people, and we're cursed, and you've got to get this and get the monkey to get that down from the roof and collect six of these gems, and now you find a magnifying glass, so you can do this thing. It's literally like, it's literally like point and click adventure games. Everyone in everyone said like they died at the end of the nineties, right? Or at least in the early two thousands. Yeah. But actually, what happened is some people went. We could add a different type of narrative to this and make a different type of puzzle. And they hid out in hidden object games in hogs, you know, until until the Germans <laughs> brought them back, which is what obviously we saw happen. And and, and yeah, I, ha- I have a special place in my heart for hidden object games. Fair enough. So don't call them bottom of the barrel stuff, <laughs> even if they are free for ten pounds. <laughs> your, your, yeah. your, your, your inner sixty-year-old has been <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but no one buys PC games anymore at stores. Yeah. Or, but, that's, but, but that's what I mean, right? Because because yeah. you, you hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, but when it goes all digital, there'll be no competition and prices will go up, and the companies will be able to do what all that." Yeah, that happened in the PC market, didn't it? Look at all the games on Steam. Uh, How expensive are they? Oh no! Oh, hang on, they're not. They're really yeah. cheap, and they have ridiculous sales all the goddamn time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but mate, how how much is Battlefield on Steam? How much is Battlefield One on Steam? I don't know. I don't play. I don't care. It's not on Steam. You have to buy it through Origin. <laughs> yeah. How much is the division on? Actually, no. You can buy the Ubisoft games through Steam, but like EA deliberately don't put their games on Steam. Like Steam works. Steam is brilliant. I think Steam is fantastic. You know, I I know that it's got problems. I know it needs to improve. I know the whole curation stuff needs to continue to be tweaked. But other storefronts do exist and other options do exist because the yeah. ecosystem and the storefront isn't directly tied to the hardware. Whereas with... Yeah, I'm one of them. Sorry. With the... <laughs> 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 with, with the with the Xbox, you are always buying directly through Microsoft. It's not like you're going, you know. Oh, I'll boot up the uh, other storefront instead. There's no option. It's completely closed door. Whereas at least yeah. on PC, we can pirate like ridiculous people. We can go on GOG. We can go on, you know, the other sites. We can go on Itch. We can go on this. The OS isn't directly tied to the storefront, but but all of that said. I do agree, and it is going to go to digital, and it's going to be the third-party partners that will be driving the prices down in the future, I think. And people like EA and Activision will be going, hey, yeah, you know, just because we're not selling at retail doesn't mean you can charge people 65 quid. You know, as much as we'd like to make that money, you know, people are going to complain. We think you should be selling it for this much. And as we brought up before, the reason that the prices of digital are so ridiculous is actually the fault of retail in the first place. Yeah, I mean, don't blame it on retail. They're just they're just trying to survive. Uh, I, I know we like to paint them as super villains with with pointy moustaches that they like to tweak as they tie people to the to the railway. But uh, no, it's no because it because it is it's it's retailers basically, it's all, you know, holding a holding a knife to the other companies, basically saying if you sell games cheaper than we do, we're not going to stock your stuff. And up until you know, or still now, basically, retail is still a big part of uh, the the console's ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, until so, it, until so for a company like the Austrian company to completely dump them does 
hurt Microsoft in a way. It does hurt the bottom line at the moment. I mean, because it is still, uh, you know, uh, but, big launches, yeah. big launches in the industry, uh, in storefronts have a different degree of, well, we called it theatre in my last few years when I worked for, in retail, have a different degree of theatre to them. So people want to get there for midnight. People want to queue up. They want to, you know, have sweets and joke and get into this big line and have a laugh. And there's 200 or the 300 people. Yeah, exactly. There's 200 or 300 people queuing for these games just to get it first, even though they could actually just sit at home and just, you know, activate it at one minute past midnight. There's something about owning that physical copy. And yes, that is something that retail has over digital. And that is what retail, I suppose, hold over the storefronts. But that only happened in in my years with the company. That only happened for half a dozen titles a year, tops. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm talking about is, is you know, that's the hardcore people that want the physical copies. I'm just talking about just general, uh, you know, footfall off the street. Retail still makes up quite a large number of uh, game sales. But let's face it, if retail died everybody would just go onto Amazon and find out that somehow they could still buy games. I know, actually, that's a point. That's a point. Sorry, George, I'll let you go in a second. But Amazon is technically retail. You yes, can buy boxed copies of the games. So, yeah, I misstepped there. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I suppose, it's, it's, you know, Amazon's a bit of a murky area because it's not a, a physical walk-in thing. No. It doesn't have that. You know, you're still getting a product at the end of the day, but you know you can't queue up on Amazon for a, a midnight launch of something. No. Here, here, here's here's here. In my opinion, the bottom line, um, the the war between retail and digital, it's 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 a lose. They're going to lose the war. Um, I mean, retail's going to lose that war because it. I think it's a generational thing. Yep. I think as more time passes. I've I've had people who have asked me what's Amazon, and I've kind of just blinked at them for a while, yeah. and then had to explain it to them. While that's still happening, I think retail will still have a place. But as generations get smarter, as we kind of move forward, we get used to the idea of more and more and more and more buying things online. It, retail can't win that war. Yeah, it's over. I, I must agree. admit, I mean, up and, up until very recently, I was I was completely against the the shift to digital, and. I mean, I mean, obviously, I already understand that the PC is already done, but the Switch is actually changing my mind because there's there's so many games that are one only coming out digitally on the Switch, plus having them digitally on the system, which is completely portable, is just so much easier. It's like your phone; you've got all your apps just on your phone. You haven't got to change cartridges in and out and all that kind of stuff. So, having a portable system where all the games are just sitting on the system makes a lot more sense at the end of the day. I I agree. Nobody complained about how mobile phones were destroying uh, gaming history or gaming archives. Nobody nobody really made a big scream and shout about how ga- apps that came out four or five years ago are no longer available, even though they were excellent and people paid money for them. <laughs> Sorry, I've just I've just had a weird thought that the that that is is potentially the end gauge that pushed the market to that because you <laughs> have to take the battery out to change the goddamn games in that thing. There you go. Look at that. Blame the end gauge. Blame Nokia. <laughs> you know they they made Snake, or they didn't make Snake, but you know they they did the Snake and they did the shift to digital. <laughs> those monsters. You know 
they made the most iconic mobile phone ever, and uh, yeah, those maniacs. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's preservation that's fighting back against this. And yeah, that's that's the main issue that I have with it, and that's that if the services go off, you've lost everything. But look at us! Look at us now. I mean, we're we're. Uh, I mean, I'm quite young. I know you lot are old, but uh, <coughs> but the arcade games that you lot played in your youth that I was too young to appreciate, you can't play them now. Um, <laughs> Have you heard yeah. of Mame? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I played them. <laughs> All right, but uh, no, but that, no, but this is the point, right? So but games. So when we buy a game, we buy a license to play a game. And so we have to make sure that we get our money's worth when we play that license, right? So if we look at my Steam library right now, there are games that I've bought and I've not played them. That's my fault, right? I can't blame if all of a sudden Steam dies and I don't have access to those games. It's not Steam's, it's not Valve's fault that I didn't play that game. That I went, oh, I'm going to buy all these games because they're cheap. That's not Valve's fault if they go bust. It's not the developer's fault. It's not the publisher's fault. When I had access to that game... I didn't watch it. And when I walked, you know, when I walked into that cinema and bought a cinema ticket and then walked into the cinema and the film was showing and then I went out and used the toilet and thought, ah, I should get some popcorn really and went back in and missed a bit. I shouldn't really blame the, you know, the cinema or the people who filmed the film. Wait, what's your point? Digital. (laughs) Preservation is the main competition to yeah. to the full digital shift, in my opinion. Yeah, because 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 I mean, you bring up the, the, the you know the, ah. the arcade game point. Point was they were physical devices. We yep. could get the chips, dump the information. We've still got them now. These yep. services, we haven't got access to the back end databases or the source code or you know the stuff for these games. All the all that can happen is you know like we, like we've seen in the past, some developers have gone right. This game has gone down. Okay, here's the here's the source code. Do we want with it? You know, you know, like, you know, even games that haven't really disappeared, like Doom and things. Idea of just let the source code out, but you yeah. know, the and I think I think there's a bunch of old MAME games now that are just completely legitimate to own because the developers have just gone here, you go have them. We don't we don't need it anymore, and that's the only way you can get around it. Is that you know, say Steam suddenly dies, you get the original devs go, well, here's the source code and here's the original copy of the game, and they just dump it out on the internet or give it to a certain person to archive it somewhere on the internet. Valve did say that they'd flick the switch. I don't quite know what that means, but you know how, like, when you boot into offline mode now on on Steam, it doesn't it doesn't do any stupid checks. It just boots the game if it's on your computer. Yeah. I presume flicking the switch literally means that you'd have about three weeks to rip every game that you own onto a permanently offline version of Steam. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, from from what I read all those years back, so I I believe that that's what that's what that was. So. Right. But yeah, I mean, obviously the the big one uh, recently was the Nintendo eShop, which yes. I think still hasn't gone down yet, has it? It's still up. No, but it's it, will, up, yeah. but it will be going very soon. Is it? I think it's March, isn't it? Well, I thought it was March last year, but oh, okay. uh, but I'm a very tired man. But even so, but like like that, like that you know, that's that a lot of that stuff was. Purely, you know, all the wearware stuff was purely digital. Yep, and they're all gone. And some stuff was exclusive as well. Yeah, like Eduardo the Samurai Toaster. Yes, <laughs> cool guy. 
<laughs> it was a fantastic game. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that's uh, preservation is definitely the biggest argument against switching to a digital download. And switching to a digital download is is what's going to ultimately well, it's inevitable because because retail is going to lose relevance as as George says the generation shift. Yeah. So we're in an odd situation. I mean, both Ubisoft and EA have announced that they have, I think, both of them are now over 50% digital income uh, from digital sales. So I, I don't know what Sony and Microsoft are at for their own internal stuff, but it would be fascinating to know. Yeah, it would. I would imagine the Switch is quite a high percentage as well. Hmm. Yeah. Simply because of their all their indies that are only available digitally, I would say that the Switch has probably got a very high percentage of digital only sales. Nintendo will probably not talk about that though, because they're Nintendo. But... Yeah, which is <laughs> a shame because it would be a really good out. study. Yeah. Yeah. Really quickly here, what do you have to say, Toby? Oh right, you didn't make it. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to, I just had to bust his balls, you know. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say something, but I don't want to be nasty, so I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, no, that wouldn't be fair. The, the guy's a rock, so. But yeah. He anyway. Is. Oh no, I I, I just angry because he missed me being here, not because he missed the show. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just he missed me specifically on the, that, on the George Return I, Festival. Yeah, yeah, I'm very self-centered here. <laughs> this is nothing to do with him personally. It's all me. <laughs> He's probably asleep, being that this is an international show, and so yes. it's three different time zones are here normally. The early hours of the uh, early hours of the morning over there, I should think. Yeah, well, he's in the future, isn't he? He's already in tomorrow. He is. He's in tomorrow at time of recording. So, Bless so him. I did have a question relating to the topic. So. This this retailer that stopped selling Xbox were they like a big retailer or were they small? You know what? I'm I'm not sure. Are you, okay, because to me it seems like a it sounds like a little bratty kid that doesn't want to share its toy, so it like threw the toy away, and it's like nobody gets it. But it's not. I don't know. It, to me, it just it's not going to change anything unless like somehow like. All the other retailers do it at the exact same time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is, there is that it is, but I don't know. I can I can almost see it being being almost like they've done it. So other retailers are going, well, maybe that's a good idea. We'll we'll get out now, right? And that I think that would be the only way for this to kind of garner any kind of attention. But yeah, really, I mean, because... admittedly, it was a bit it was a bit of a rash move, and surely exactly surely selling... it's a hissy fit. Less of something is better than selling none of something. Um, if you know what I mean, it's better. It's better to sell. Uh, yeah. it's better to sell a few. You know, you were selling, say, ten. You could be selling five, but instead now you're going to sell none. There's still a little bit of money there to have. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So it just doesn't make much sense to me that they're like, well. <laughs> If you go on the Forget if you it. go on the uh, the retailer that has stopped 
selling Xbox games website and you click on, because they're called gameware.at, and you click on Xbox to navigate through the Xbox section, because they've still got the uh, the header menu on there, and you click on any of the sections. When you uh, when you click on the items, they all seem to be... Oh no, there is still some Xbox on there actually. I was going to say it defaults to PlayStation 4, <laughs> which is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> Xbox One Elite Controller is still listed. Sixth best selling item. Obviously, they're going to want to keep selling those, aren't they? <laughs> like, you'd want to sell the console and you'd want to sell the peripherals, even if you stop selling well, the games. No, no, they make the most on games, though, don't they? Uh, yeah. No, margin on games is terrible. Is uh, it? Yeah, yeah, completely terrible. I don't know how it stands on the current generation, but you're looking at about 5% to 10% tops on games, assuming they're not in a bundle. Peripherals, you're looking at about 15%, you know, normally a little bit less. Uh, consoles, you're looking at about the same as games, 5%. Worse if there's games in the in the bundle. And you really earn your money from things like cables, uh, own brand stuff, or paper-based things. Paper-based things, minty, minty, minty. You want to sell as yeah. many of them as possible. And memberships, of course. Microsoft and Sony cut pretty decent deals with retailers in order to sell on the memberships and get those into people's hands. So that they were ready for this situation, presumably. (laughs) Where they could then steal them away because everybody's already used to digital stuff. Yeah. The future (laughs) is terrible. The future kicks Don't open, go there. Kick, wow. Kicks open a door and says, you, you know what digital is now. You're coming with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And I, I must admit, because I, I, I have still got a thing where there's, there's certain things that I would like physical and it's kind of annoyed me that I've noticed that games that I've got digital on the Switch are now getting physical releases and it kind of annoys me. Uh, yes, it'll like be Portal Knights. Portal Knights is coming out on cart. The ukulele version is now coming out on cart as well, and it's not well, like well, it's a lu- it's a luxury now. That's what yeah. it is. It's like it buying is. vinyls, you know, which are doing very well. Vinyls outsold CDs last year. They did really yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. So that that's all this is. So there'll be a year in the future where physical versions will outsell. I don't know special edition digital versions because people just want something Brain to look scans. at. You know. So, all physical uh, strategy guides will outsell the digital ones. Although, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, so, we'll see. The, fun- the funny thing is, sorry. That would still make sense. <laughs> yeah. sorry, the- sorry, you bring up vinyl. The funny thing is, these people always say, oh, well, stuff on vinyl just sounds better. It's better quality. And it- no, it isn't. It's not physically possible. <laughs> It is low. Oh it is less quality than CD. Dude, yeah, but you're gonna piss off hipsters. It's on a, yes. scra- it's on a scratchy thing, it. mate. No, we, yeah. hipsters that, are that bread and butter. Really adds to the sound, man. No, it does. <laughs> that's, we need the hipsters. That's part of the recording. You know, when yeah, the, the band was standing hipsters. in the snake pit with the barbecue going, and <laughs> <laughs> the only the only people that need to use vinyl turntables now are classic 
hip hop DJs. DJs do not need one. Really? At home. Do they even still? I'm not really sure. <laughs> to be honest, a lot of the big ones still do. They still use uh, actual vinyl turntables, but a lot of them do use um, what's called digital vinyl systems. Yeah, right. I've seen it. So you know, a vinyl record with a digital signal. Right? I've got a set. <laughs> you had a you had a digital mix. You had a digital DJ deck, didn't you? Um, I've had my. I I I started with two um, vinyl turntables with yeah. a digital vinyl system. Then I moved to two director of CD turntables, and now I've got a Newmark, um, one of the top end uh, MIDI controllers. So the question I've got to ask you is: uh, Why are we using somebody else's music for our intro? Because I'm I suck at making my own. I can remix things. <laughs> I like remixing things, but that still requires Ooh. licenses. Jeez. But, no, why, just, are you throwing so much, why are you throwing so much shade, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what have I done to you, eh? I put you on the show, though. What's all that? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you can have it back if you want. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think we could have a pretty cool... Come on, you've got good taste in music. You know, I remember the first, I, time, I wanna, I I remember the first time you gave me a lift uh, back from when we used to work together, two or three or five decades ago. And, Dubstep. And uh, we had the Jet Set Radio soundtrack blasting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like like George says, I do listen to a lot of dubstep. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and trap. <laughs> I'm down with is. the kids. Isn't that I, what I, I listen to, I listen to that... modern music? <laughs> I'm down with the kids. I'm hip. I just found out what <laughs> I just found out what Scarcore was today. I know what Scarcore is. I don't know what Trap is. That sounds like a Star Wars joke. To be honest, you, you would have heard <laughs> If I were to say this is a trap tune and you and or and show you one, you'd go, "Oh yeah, I've heard stuff like that." Ah, fair. Because it's it's the stuff with the really um, really fast staccato. Um, snare drums and it's yeah that's all I can really explain it and very very deep sub bass yeah so but- we can have some of that for an intro then can't we <laughs> and then you can have like some 1950s radio show sampled into it yeah possibly it worked just fine yeah. well I made that I made that little intro last for uh, the other site didn't I yeah yeah chip tuny and stuff yeah that was sweet I've just got none of it set up at the moment. That's the problem. I've got no real space for it. Uh, I'll let you off. When I move, though, I'm going to have a separate computer just for music. Tidy. And then- I just I just want to say thank you to the listener, because we have derailed so far <laughs> this po- at this point. If you're still listening, you are a loyal listener. <laughs> no, this, 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 is our, this is our format now, George. We, we, we go up to like the half oh, an hour, okay. and then we just ramble for a little while before we finish. Oh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that way nobody actually realises we don't put the outro on. Yeah. I mean, it's, I just, it's called Big Boss Babble. <laughs> We've got to true. babble, otherwise Very it's, true. you know, miss, are we putting up? Are, we should put up a review of a, of a, of a vinyl website. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds just like cooking a barbecue in a snake pit. This one scratches very well. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, you, you know, you get these turntables, then you put it through a Dolby system, which gets rid of hiss. <laughs> then you just lose all the magic of it anyway. So what's the point? Because it's... It's cool. <laughs> no, turntables are cool, to be honest. 
But you know, like I, I still said, have. I'm a D- I, I DJ, so I'm I specifically <laughs> bought this really overexpensive like cassette player, CD player, and it also has a as a vinyl player in it. I specifically bought it for my wife just because of the vinyl. So oh, there we go. You- vinyls are cool. There we go. I think the only reason to own a vinyl player is the is the crazy, ridiculous picture discs and things you can get. They're, they're something that I wouldn't mind collecting, you know, whether they're in a weird shape or they're a really bizarre colour or something like that. I wouldn't even really care about the music, just the actual discs themselves. Well, I mean, the, the covers have pretty cool art on them, too. Welcome to Big Boss Battle's vinyl review. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll have to get a, a new third wheel for that one, unfortunately. Yeah. I reckon Stefan's old enough to appreciate vinyl. I think you're right. <laughs> we'll get him in on it. Anyway, I think that's that's enough babbling for one week, and that brings us to the end of uh, this episode. So, from me, Dan, and George, we will see you next time. Bye for now. B- Bye. 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 Good, good to be back. <laughs>